I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 88. I just, I just stumbled right out of the gate there, didn't I? I'm, I should be used to my intro. It's okay. It happens. I've done this 88 times, and maybe that's the first time, so it's fine. So it's everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Hey, you know what? I was right. Did you, if you listen to the last podcast, I was right about the whole Iowa thing, and it's already old news. We all forgot about that already, because. 30,000 things happened this week. Trump got acquitted. We knew that was going to happen also. It it's like it's like uh the most predictable twist of an ending. It's supposed to be a twist, but it's not. And we're left here thinking, why did we waste 6 months with that if we knew the outcome? You know, it's funny because with with Trump and I I don't really talk about him a lot on here. Because uh, usually it's boring, but there are there there's a lot to learn from him. And with Trump, he's not the typical politician where if you tarnish his record by putting impeachment there, uh, it won't actually hurt him. You you know it, it might hurt the traditional politician, but it won't hurt him. And it's because he a, a, bad press for him is actually good. It emboldens his base. It keeps him on his toes. I think it keeps him sharper as a pol- as a politician, even though he's not really a politician or a traditional one. And I think that, you know, you it, he's like the Paris Hilton of, uh, or, or, you know, let's be a little bit more uh, contemporary, I guess. Um, he's he's, he's, uh, he's the, the Kim Kardashian or even the Kanye West of, of politics. No press is bad press, and bad press is better than good press for him. So that didn't, no nothing happened with that. Nothing happened with that. So like I said, you have a lot to learn. Wait, let me take a step back for a second. So the Iowa thing, I was right that Bernie, they robbed him because he did win, and they tried to prop up Pete Buttigieg. And who are the they? The they is the media. Who controls the media? Well, you know who controls the media. It's the, the media isn't independent. They have an agenda just like everyone else. Humans have agendas. And when you have collective groups, when you have groups like that, especially that have been the gatekeepers for a very long time, they're going to they're going to, you know, they're going to have their own wants and needs and their want and need is a CIA asset like Pete Buttigieg. And you could see you could see it. And by the way, you know what? I found out after the last podcast that not only did Pete Buttigieg fund that app, the app that helped him win Iowa. But so did George Soros. So you, you you have to start thinking, wait, who is the candidate that the elites want? Who are the Who's the candidate that the George Soroses want? Clearly, it's Pete Buttigieg. Clearly, it's the guy who's not really gay, who's probably asexual, and will do anything to get in office because he's a puppet. He's a traditional puppet. Trump isn't. Trump's not a puppet. That's why they're doing everything in their power to get him out of there. And that's why the the acquittal is so strong. Because they have le- leveraged everything, everything against him, everything, the media, entertainment, academia, um, but none of it's sticking, none of it's working, and it's making him stronger, and he's going to win crazy big next election. He's going to win like Ronald Reagan did in the 80s, where whoever the Democratic nominee is, whoever that is, they're going to win like three states. They're going to win New York, California, and some in Hawaii or something and that's all they're going to win. They're going it's going to be such a disaster for them that uh I feel bad for the Republican running after Trump. That's why it can only be Kanye. That's why he's the only one that that's that's uh should should run. There's no one else. There is no one else. Now the other thing you can learn about uh from Trump is never apologize. And I've mentioned this many times before. 
The only people you ever have to apologize to are the people actually close to you. Like really, really, really. Now, I'm not even saying you're friends. I'm talking about the people who you're in a relationship with, the people who you see day in and day out, and your family. And that's if you fuck up royally. That's if you really, really, really mess up. That's who you apologize to. That you that to the point where you fuck up so bad that that you don't need that much time of reflection. You you immediately know, oh shit, I I messed up. Now you don't apologize to people who want to um have you lick their boots and do it out of this uh do it out of uh, who is more oppressed on the totem pole and all that. And I'll get to what I'm talking about in a in a second. Actually, there was a video going around today on Twitter of those black Hebrew Israelites, the ones who think that they're actually Jewish and the children of Israel and they're black, but they're, they're not. And, and it's almost like a, a little cult, a little religion that they started on their own. And there was a video going around today. That kind of blew my mind. Very few things can blow my mind now. And the video was the black Hebrew Israelites talk. They always they always chant on the street. They always have they always have a little section cornered off, and and they just start ramble into a megaphone. And it's four or five of them usually. They were there in the in the Covington Catholic kids controversy thing. And uh, but there's a video going around where they have they're they're just chanting, and they're ma- there's this white couple. And the white couple is literally, I'm not, this is not figurative, literally kissing their shoes, their boots, all of them, all of them. And then they're bowing down to them because they acknowledge their white privilege and their ancestors' mistakes of the past. Which, by the way, what, whose history has ever been squeaky clean? No one's. We're humans. We're messy. We've enslaved everyone. Everyone has enslaved everyone. Everyone has, and, and and that's not justifying it, but that's just how it is. And by the way, it's still going on today. Kind of like what I was talking about a couple podcasts ago with the child trafficking and sex slavery that's going on. So yes, we abolish slavery, but all of it is still going on. All of it is still going on, especially outside of the United States. There's actual slavery in the Middle East. There's 60 to 90 million slaves. And I don't know if that includes the child sex slaves in the world. So to say that white people are bad and you should bow down, I really want to find this video for myself because I have to. Uh, I'm just going to write this in my notes because I, I want to tweet about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's that's lame. But uh, black Hebrew Hebrew. Israelites video. Um, but my point of, that I was making before is don't apologize. Don't apologize to anyone. Now, what I'm talking about is a couple days, uh, three days ago, uh, a couple days ago, actually, I tweeted because I saw Trayvon Martin was trending. And that that's old news. I mean, I mean, if you really pay attention and you look at things objectively and you don't really look at your sides... So you don't subscribe to one side and then you're like, this is it. I knew from the moment that that came out that something was fishy, especially when Barack Obama uh, used it to divide even further. He went up and gave a press conference before there was ever a trial or anything and before all the information was out. And he said Trayvon Martin could have been my son. Now, that's an Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson thing to do. That's an opportunistic race baiting type of thing to do that's something you do to divide it's called divide and conquer and they this happens every day and i'm going to get to that in a little bit more with more examples later so i saw it trending and i'm like okay i'll write something that i guess is a little bit funny and and a little bit shocking but i've said crazier things other people with regards to this uh uh, topic have said crazier things so I said, because I, I was looking at what people were writing, and, and it's funny how when someone like this gets killed, and it's usually when they get killed, not if they die. If they, it, you know, if they get killed by someone, especially in this context, uh, th- these people become saints. They become saint-like. They become martyrs for the cause, for the greater good of the cause of Black Lives Matter. I mean, Black Lives Matter originated from these sorts of instances that always happen and they happen to white people too 
but the media tends to magnify and focus on certain things because they want us to they want to keep us uh and it's been working if if you look at the united states under the bush presidency and he and i'm just saying just uh as a reference of time not not him he was a horrible president one of the worst we were pretty much we were pretty united the feminist third wave fem, feminist movement didn't exist yet. The internet didn't really have social media. We weren't plugged in 24-7. And there was no Black Lives Matter. There was none of this. And, it, and that, kind, that kind of stuff typically stayed in universities. And then when kids graduated, they kind of dis- dissipate. I uh, can't say that word. They kind of uh, fizzled out. Uh, and and uh, that's that. But now that there's the internet, now that any of your thoughts will live forever... Anything that you write will live forever. But you could delete it, but someone's going to screenshot it. Uh, that means the division is even stronger now than ever before. And it, and it started under Obama's presidency. And he was one of the people who used this this tactic. Day in and day out, he used it. The media took, uh, took cue, and the media started doing it too. And so did people on social media. And I'm not saying he invented this, but you know, when you're the president of the United States, you have a lot of influence. So... Uh, I saw what people were writing about Trayvon Martin, and I said, rest in power, hashtag Trayvon Martin. Today, our king would have been a 25-year-old hoodlum and probably in prison because he wouldn't have become a saint-like figure for professional race baiters. Now, I probably could have said that a little better. I actually think that looking at it now, I could have gone even further, and I could have actually even written more things under it to explain myself. But it's pretty straightforward, and I don't take back a word from it. But, and by the way, I tweeted that and I, I immediately forgot about it. I, I was like, oh, 10 people like it. I mean, it, it, was, it, it wasn't such a, there wasn't very much traction on this one. And again, I've said crazier things. Um, I, even reading it right now, I still think it's pretty tame. And I, uh, I got some responses from people that I know personally, who I actually, some of them I didn't even know still followed me. And these are people I'm actually friendly with or friends with in real life. And I've known for a long time. But uh, for some reason, this one struck a chord. Now, for one person, it was that I come off as a big racist. And for another person, it's it's uh, a low blow because I'm attacking a 17-year-old. Now, before I get into it, get into what I responded, what was sent to me, um. Trayvon, the, the the interesting thing about the Trayvon Martin thing, the two things that can come off the top, there's three things, three things that, that can come off the top of, the, of my head. Um, one, George Zimmerman, the guy who killed him, they, they kept on saying he's this white guy, but if we're going to talk about race, this guy is Hispanic. And two, the picture that they kept on, the media kept on pushing with regards to Trayvon Martin was one when he was 12 years old, when he was legitimately a kid. Whereas this dude was, I think, 17, over six feet tall, and probably over 300 pounds. Like, this guy was massive. So right then and there, there's a sign of fake news. There, there, It's disingenuous reporting when you're using a picture that's five years old where this kid didn't go through puberty yet. So you're thinking, oh, shit, George Zimmerman killed the 12-year-old, where that would be a totally different story. Totally different story. He would have been in prison. Now, the reason is is because what happened was George Zimmerman was following him. He was um, he was a, uh, a night wa- uh, a neighborhood watch guy, a guy with a little bit too much time on his hands. And pr- look, I'm not defending him. He's probably a dick. And um, and and he was following him. And in, in, in Trayvon Martin bugged out and started beating the shit out of him. And smashing his head on the on the ground. So when you think you're about to die, and if you have a gun, use that fucking gun. So that's what he did. A 12-year-old wouldn't have been able to do that. So what the media is presenting as truth is actually totally false. And uh, I said three things. And the oh oh, and then the third thing was the media would when they released the 911 recording, they um they cut out the part so they usually ask for a description they they usually ask you is this is this guy white is he black is he hispanic whatever when you're on the phone with them and he said he's black now the media totally took out that part where the 911 operator was was mentioning that so they made it sound like he just said he's black 
without even being prompted that question. So there's a lot of fishy things. So, But I was attacked as a racist and as just someone with low class or low blow because uh, I tweeted something about a 17-year-old. Now, my rebuttal to that is if, if he was... If he didn't get killed, if he didn't get shot, or if he got shot and he survived, this dude would have been prosecuted as an adult for attempted murder. Sometimes when someone is 17, they still can be prosecuted as an adult uh, as an adult because, I mean, depending on what the prosecutor would want to do, but typically they try to charge people as adults, especially because he was so close to his 18th birthday and he was a beast. This dude could have beat me up at when he was 17 and I'm 33 and I'm pretty strong. He would he could have destroyed me. So, um I doubled down. I didn't say sorry for this and I still won't say sorry. The the closest I said to when I was talking to the person that was um texting me after this thing I'm going to read to you, uh she sent me a text. Uh the closest thing that I said to an apology was, "Oh, I can see how you thought that." That's it. I didn't say sorry, and I didn't delete the tweet, and it will live on there forever, regardless of if I could have written it a little better or maybe explained the joke. I mean, I guess it's uh, explained the little uh, point I was trying to make, and the whole point I was trying to make was that, again, they um, people like Trayvon Martin are essentially useful idiots for professional race baiters, people who make a living off of the division. So then I said, uh, I then I doubled down and I tweeted uh, what some might have thought would have been an apology. But I said, I tweeted something supposedly abhorrent yesterday. And some people I know felt the need to criticize me privately. That's fine. I dish it. I have a thick skin and I have thick enough skin to take it. My question, my questions are, who are the arbiters of expression? Who appointed you all? What are the rules when it comes to expressing unpopular beliefs? Are you are your ideas manufactured by the six conglomerates who control all, all media? It's been common knowledge that mainstream media continually util- utilizes manipulation tactics to influence your interpretations of reality. Uh, the default passive-aggressive mentality used to convey empathy and morality is also tiresome and disingenuous. The internet is bullshit. Unfollow me. So that that's with regards to one of my friends who's a dude and runs a big meme account. Uh texting me, you know, calling me out on this and, and then saying that don't make me unfollow him. Uh, don't make him unfollow me. Like he said, don't make me unfollow you, which he's in his forties. I'm in my thirties. I mean, one, if you have a major problem with me and with what I say, challenge me to fight, I'll fight or two, unfollow me. I think that's the easiest thing. Just unfollow me. You don't have to message me that you're going to unfollow me. You don't have to threaten me because I had the unpopular belief or view or um, conception of reality. Just because we came to a different conclusion with regards to something that happened doesn't mean that uh, A, I'm wrong, and B, what I said was, uh, was too far. If anything, I think we should go further if anything, I think we should start listening to m- way more unpopular beliefs. I'm trying to think maybe I'm not going hard enough. And the reason being is, is I keep going back to this question and I ask people this uh, face-to-face personally. I always ask, what are you, what are the wrong opinions you believe or think and would never say out loud? I feel like we should all be saying that. That's actually breaking down barriers. And I think that if we started being more honest with each other, uh, especially publicly, then we wouldn't have this much division and we would understand each other more rather than putting on a happy face and, and saying, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, okay. Bye. And that's the conversation. Or I miss you so much. I miss you too. Okay. Bye. We won't see each other. Um, I think it's, I think things would be a lot more interesting. I mean, the fact that I'm one of the most interesting people that, that, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if I really believe that, but, but uh, I really seek out unpopular and different beliefs, or, or beliefs that I've never even heard of, and, and stuff that really makes you think and look at the world a little bit differently. I think we'd be a lot better off, and I shouldn't be the most controversial person, and I shouldn't be the most shocking person, 
or the most interesting person. And I'm not saying I am, but but maybe to you I am. And I definitely shouldn't be that because I'm not the smartest person in the room. And I'm not the most shocking person in the room. That's why I think it's such a shame when people like Gavin McInnes or, or, uh, or Alex Jones or Milo Yiannopoulos uh, get canceled from from uh, public life and, and from social media. It, the, the internet has become a way more boring place when these people have to hide at the weird corners of the internet uh, and go on and retreat to these apps that, that have like 20,000 people on them. It's, it's a shame when there's a paywall and we can't consume these sorts of people's opinions anymore. I, I watch Fox News to see what the other what what the mainstream is preaching and it's so sanitized and so boring the only person worth watching on there is tucker carlson who's still in touch with people like milo yiannopoulos and gavin mcginnis so i i think we should start seeking out more of these things and we shouldn't criticize so heavily on the things that originally on the surface will shock you and then if you really think about it will maybe expand your mind and your belief system so reread what I said. Reread anything I say that 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 gets backlash, and and you have to ask yourself: Is this actually really crazy? Is this actually is this maybe based in reality? And I think that you should start treating things that make you uncomfortable that way more and more. Because on the other hand, you start getting the the weird, semi-sanitized viewpoints. And the weird woke capitalist viewpoints of uh, of diversity and inclusion and all these things that that again on the surface seem okay. I guess it makes sense, but then when you start looking at it a little deeper, it's pretty nefarious. And then it's pretty nefarious when you really start realizing what they're pushing. So diversity and inclusion really means oh, open borders and culture doesn't matter and demographics don't matter. And the heartland of America doesn't matter. And um, the whole inclusion thing really starts to mean, oh, we're going to start trying to brainwash your kids into being gay because it's nurture, not nature. And you can definitely brainwash people into, into that kind of life, especially when you start controlling what they eat and, uh, and all that, which I actually have a little bit of a, um, vegan slash carnivore news thing I hope I can get to because that was a 20-minute rant. Oh, and I didn't even finish it. <laughs> I thought I finished it. I didn't even finish it. So um, so I'm going to read an example. So one of the texts I got with regards to the Trayvon Martin thing was uh, saw your reply, which is the reply I just read you guys before. My issue was that you sound like an un- uneducated racist, the kind that actually give good conservatives a bad name. And considering your reply, it will unfollow you and will stop speaking with you if you need to react in such a childish manner, disappointed in you. And then uh, she goes on, publicly stating that a young black individual, had to, had he been alive, would likely to have grown up to be a hoodlum and in prison perpetuates racist stereotypes that are completely uncalled for. Whether or not Zimmerman acted in self-defense, making assumptions like this about a person of color regardless of background is unfair and tasteless. And as a minority, I have the I have a right to take offense when a friend posts something like that. I said, of course you have a right to, uh, you have a right, wait, let me reread that. Of course, you have the right to be offended. And to be honest, your message to me was way nicer than some uh, some others. It was more to those others than to you. The thing that perturbed, uh, perturbed me was the pattern of that behavior, especially from men. And the pattern of behavior I'm referring to is the passive aggressiveness. Um, I mean, just unfollow me. If you're going to unfollow me, unfollow me. Don't message me that you're going to unfollow me. Which he never. They both. they both didn't unfollow me. So I said, concerning your points about racist behavior, my original points had nothing to do with race. If anything, it was against race baiting in general, using and manipulating stories like that for the purpose of division, purposes of division. Reread what I said. I didn't say he deserved death, and I wasn't defending Zimmerman. I was pointing out the actions before his death. He did beat the shit out of Zimmerman, and if that behavior continued unchecked, his future wouldn't have turned out positively. Now, the other thing I forgot to mention was that this dude was constantly 
Trayvon Martin was constantly um, on lean, which uh, ravish it, it just destroys your liver and your your mental health and all that. And he's constantly high. I mean, this this is not these. All of this is just a recipe for disaster. If this is his future, recipe for disaster. I said I was talking about his lack of impulse control, which people of every race have problems with. I don't censor myself and. Maybe that's a sign that I don't need to hide behind virtue signaling. Maybe I'm not embarrassed and I stand by what I say because I treat everyone the same regardless of race. I don't give people passes because of their race. Um, I even I even said I use the word hoodlum and not thug because I didn't want it to be a race thing. So, you know, there's my response. No sorry. I'm not sorry. There's no sorry. So, um, you know, I want to talk about a little bit about how, I mean, porn keeps on popping up, you know? And I want to talk a little bit about that and then the rise of suicide and anti antidepressants and um, how the media is reacting to traditionalism. And I think that all these stories kind of go hand in hand. So let me weave this for you guys. So porn is in the New York Fashion Week. And... Um, it, I don't understand this. So Pornhub is probably the biggest porn company in the world. It's not only Pornhub, but the company that owns Pornhub is is uh, it owns like six other major sites, and then under those they have thousands of little sites. But the major ones are all owned by uh, whoever owns Pornhub, and uh, supposedly Pornhub makes about a million dollars a day, and that is crazy. And the fact that there is no regulation behind this, the fact that kids can just start consuming this at a younger and younger age, the fact that when you go onto the website and it says, are you above 18 or are you under 18? And all you need to do is click yes, you're above 18 without any verification is fucking crazy. But but it's becoming more mainstream. So actually, the, the, the title of this says, Porn co- Pornhub continues its march to the mainstream as streaming stars make Fashion Week debut. Um... This brings to mind one of the best movies of the 2000s called Idiocracy, which Mike Judge made it. And Mike Judge, if I'm not mistaken, is either a conservative or a libertarian or independent. He's definitely not a liberal. And he and he he's the guy behind Beavis and Butthead, Silicon Valley, Office Space, Idiocracy, all these things. Uh, very smart guy. And uh, this reminds me of Idiocracy because... Um, if you look at the, the, the wardrobe in that movie, basically this guy wakes up in the future and everyone's base, basically retarded. Low, low, low IQ. Because the, the smart people started having uh, stopped having babies over the past thousand years. So the world got dumber and dumber and dumber. Hey, that reminds me of what's going on right now. Smart white people, especially white people. Now, I'm not saying white people are smarter. I'm just saying that, again, demographics matter. And if you're looking at Europe or the United States... White people are, it, it's it's crazy how it's dropping. They're just not having babies. And I mentioned this many times on this podcast, but it's almost like what's happening in Japan. Japan doesn't allow anyone into, to immigrate into their country. They're, they have 99.9% closed borders in that country. And for some reason, they're just not having babies anymore. So their population is slowly dying. You know what's going to end up happening? China's going to take over Japan probably in my lifetime. When they see an opening, they're going to take it. Mark my words. So that's starting to happen here. And in the movie Idiocracy, they the, part of the wardrobe in it was they just wore brands. They, their wardrobe was just brands. And I'm not talking about brands of um, fashion, but just like what do they consume? Oh, they consume Mountain Dew? They're going to wear Mountain Dew shirts. Their names are Mountain Dew. Like the president, is, his middle name is Mountain Dew, or some other guy's name is Frito. So it's happening. Pornhub is uh, <laughs> Pornhub. Imagine wearing Pornhub merch, not, not not ironically, even ironically. You're wearing what you consume, and you're showing everyone that you're a consumer, a consumer, or a coomer. Imagine imagine just signaling to the world, yeah, I'm addicted to porn, and I don't think it's a bad thing, and I think that this is a... It's just a lifestyle. It's, it's a way of life. This is what I do. This is what I do now. 
So it goes on to say, Pornhub's march to mainstream continues with the news that performers, I love how they're called performers. It's like when people are called sex workers. Performers, oh, you mean porn stars? On the site, are to walk the New York Fashion Week runway for the first time. Page six reports that porn stars made famous, I don't need to read who they are. The designer's collection is called uh, Herotica. Oh, that's smart. Fashion is ever-changing. Hence, fashion is always out of fashion and never cool. Um, and then it says, and the designers say their runway guests are a feminist statement. How is this feminism? None Feminism just doesn't make sense. You put it under the microscope, none of it makes sense. It's all hypocritical. Um, and it this ties in so well to this, this, this story I'm going to talk about in a second. But... It says the cosmos of sexual pleasure have uh, has been restricted to a few boring and chauvinistic narratives for the pleasure of the male gaze, Lee told page six. Porn isn't something essentially male. Most women just have been excluded from determining the narrative. No fucking clue what they mean by that. No clue what this person means by that. This does not make sense. Usually when things are so discombobula- discombobulated, uh, they, and typically it's like with their kind of narrative, it's so backwards that it just ends up not making sense that maybe on the surface, it sounds like they just put words together and sounds like if you think about it, it does make sense, but it doesn't make sense. I have no idea what they mean by that. But the fact of the matter is most of most porn consumers are men. Men are more visual. And, uh, I mean, it's, it, this is just retarded. Uh, the arrival of porn stars in the once exclusive environs of Fashion Week is just the latest evidence of the porn giant's increasingly successful quest to conquer the mainstream. That scares me so much. Last year, more people, 141 million, voted for their favorite videos on Pornhub than voted in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, which was 139 million. Again, that scares me so much. I mean, the the culture is very much in decline. Every week I give you guys examples. It's not like I, I just keep repeating that without any examples. Every week I give you guys examples, and this shit's scary. Since at least 2014, the company has pursued a strategy of marketing itself to the mainstream as uh, safe-for-work ad campaigns, including billboards in Times Square and tongue-in-cheek Christmas ads. Yeah, because when I think of Christmas, I think Pornhub. Conservative estimates value the porn industry is at around $2 billion, and Worth of Web has estimated that Pornhub makes around a million dollars a day in revenue. Hey, I just told you that. It was founded by a Japanese blah, 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 whatever. doesn't matter. That's just an example of what I'm going into next. Next. Um, antidepressants among white women is on the rise. Especially, you want to know who especially with? Especially white women 45 and older. Do you want to know why? These are the people who hook, line, and sinker believed in feminism and gave up on the quest for having a family and making babies and thinking, no, I'll just I'll just throw myself into the workforce and uh, I'll, and I'll be happy and fulfilled. When in reality, naturally... The way we were wi- we've been wired for millions of years says otherwise. Says, no, you will be happy and fulfilled by procreating. Look at any nature show. Any nature show. Every nature show. It shows the male animals pursuing women. Female. Sorry, women. Uh, female animals for sex. And it's always the males pursuing the females because everything is about sex. Everything is about sex. Why do you think they say sex sells? sells? Everything is about sex. And and it's that way when you look at nature shows, we're so detached from nature that we a we think it's it's a uh, it's harmonious and 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 cute and safe and not violent. And we're so detached from nature that we don't realize that all of it exists for survival. It's about sex, and it's about survival. 
and and sex is survival. Making babies is survival. Why do you think people sacrifice themselves? Why do you think people sacrifice themselves? Do you think people are born uh, virtuous or they learn how to be virtuous? When, when, when you look at fight or flight and you're, you're, especially if you're a man and you see someone in danger, especially if, you, if, if it's your family and you have skin in the game, you will do anything to protect them. It's because they are an extension of you and and they will carry on your genes and your legacy. And it's mainly about genes. This has been ingra- ingrained in us since evolution. And it's it's in every animal. It's an anim- it's in it's just how it is. We expect but it's especially in us. What we do is for the survival of your genes. You might not realize it, but that's true. So, um, demographics of long-term antidepressants, and it's shooting through the roof. Over, and this is in 2014, so who knows where it's at now. But it started skyrocketing for 45-year-old and older women. Um, The consumption of antidepressants started in 2010 like really skyrocketing in 2010 it was hovering over 4 million and it was there was a slight dip uh from the previous years and then it started just shooting up it's above 8 million it doubled it more than doubled um and that goes with with everyone uh minority men it, it's it, it's kind of pretty much the same since the t- uh, 2000 minority women it, it shot up a little bit but it's still it's still in the one million range. Uh, younger adults, it's been going up, but not as drastic. For some reason, white women, forty-five and older, it's just way above everyone else. And white men, it's close to four million. But for so, again, white women, I don't. It's just all it's skyrocketing. They're the ones who are abandoning having families. By the way, um, and. Also, the USA Today, there's an article from January 30th. America's suicide rate won't stop rising. When you start adopting secular beliefs, like really left-wing beliefs, I guess not, maybe secular is not the right word. That really means the, uh, the separation between church and state. But when you start adopting the, the narrative that the left wants you to live by, um, you're going to kill yourself. That's basically it. Uh, because that, if you think about it, that's what's the most popular. Maybe not the most popular, but that's what's the most loud right now. Uh, what The loudest thing is feminism, not having a family. Um, it's okay to be promiscuous and have sex, you know, to the point where it's just frivolous. It mean, it's meaningless, doesn't mean anything. Uh, drugs are okay, especially pharmaceuticals, especially Adderall and antidepressants and all that. That's all okay. Uh, if it's for the greater good of, of your job and you are more productive, then it's, you know, be my guest, do it. Everything that they preach, and to just be a consumer, your life is mainly about consuming, not living for anyone else. If it's based primarily based on consumption, then uh, then that's good in their eyes. That's good. It's, if it's if it's for the GDP and our GDP keeps uh, rising, then then it's fine. And um and don't worry about not having kids. We'll just let more people come in from other countries. We'll just let more people come in. They're gonna be they're gonna replenish the population. And don't you worry. They're gonna they're, they're gonna totally understand what this country was founded on and what the culture, uh, the real culture of this country is. They will continue it for you. Do not worry. Do not have kids. Do not have a family. Keep consuming. Keep watching porn. Keep doing all these things. You're actually happy. You know a study? I I saw a study the other day that um, if you don't have kids and you get to keep all your money and live for yourself, you're happier than someone that had it. I I swear I saw that. I swear I saw that. (laughs) That's the narrative that they keep pushing. So this article says, more and more Americans are dying by suicide. What are we missing? Oh, and then I forgot the, the other thing. Keep 
keep going on social media. Keep comparing your life to other people's lives. So it says America's suicide rate won't stop rising. Numbers released Thursday from the Centers of D- for Disease Control and Prevention show 48,344 uh, people died by suicide in 2018. Up from 47,000. That's an, that's more than 1,200 more the year before. While the increase was small, just two-tenths of a percent, the rise in deaths over time has been steady. Since 1999, the suicide rate has climbed 35%. There you go. It just keeps climbing. Death rates in 2018 increased from uh, increased for only two of the ten leading causes of death: suicide and influenza slash pneumonia. Uh, then the person says, "I was 100 percent unsurprised." A clinical board member at the American Association of Suicidology, blah blah blah. That's not acceptable. We need to start treating these deaths seriously and respecting these survivors by upping our game in public health. I don't even know if it's that. I think it just needs to be, we need to be more honest. Maybe we do need to have uh, checks and balances within porn and within social media. And uh, maybe iPads shouldn't be for kids. Maybe iPhones shouldn't be for kids. You know, we were when we were honest about the cigarettes, Smoking dropped. Um, so despite more awareness and less stigma around suicide theories about the uh, intransignant, I don't know what that word means, death rate abound. <laughs> I always like how people, so it says some suspect the lack of funding is to blame. Yes, throw more money at it. That will help. Literally, that's the liberal solution to everything. Throw more money at it. Socialism. Throw more money at it. The school system is failing. Throw more money at it. None of that stuff ever works. That that That's such a band-aid. That's literally the definition of not confronting the major problem. Throwing money at it is what rich parents do for their kids. Um, oh, your kid is unhappy because there's no real family dynamic and because maybe you're traveling nonstop for work and you don't have family dinners. Throw more money at it. See how stable those kids grow up to be. See how smart they become They become when they're older. See how impressive they are as adults. Um, it's impossible to solve a problem, suicide experts say, when it's not well understood. I mean, it doesn't take a scientist. I'm not a scientist, and it's pretty, pretty clear what the problem is. It's everything I listed before. Let's move on. Um... <laughs> so this this all kind of brings to mind this lady I saw on Twitter who put a TikTok video out and if you're above 13 stop TikToking get off it delete that app so uh I tweeted uh and this kind of blew up I tweeted imagine being a woman over 40 on TikTok the sadness in her eyes conveys all so the video shows her dancing over 40, single, having fun. Can't, wait, what was that last part? Uh, can't bet them, join them. Oh, and she can't spell. Can't beat them, join them. Yeah, you should, you know, join TikTok. You're, you're a woman over 40 and you don't have any kids and you're single and you're just having sex and being promiscuous. Yeah, that, look. You're sad? Join TikTok. That that should be their new slogan. You're sad? You're in your 40s? Join TikTok. Now imagine a dude over 40 like that on TikTok. Just as bad. Don't do it. I've never downloaded it. I've never been on it. I've seen the videos on Twitter and, and they're all sad. They're all bizarre and sad. Um, And uh, the next... Thing with regards to this stuff is sorry just opening it so on um what is this australia like good morning australia or the today show in australia uh basically it's a big story you guys and we should all watch it so you want to know what the big story is they're laughing at a woman who is living the life of a 
1950s traditional wife. And they're ridiculing her sanity based on that, which is really fucking crazy. Uh, I'm going to play the video. But the, the, thing, the thing about the, the media is if you really look at the stories, they, they hate traditionalism. They want to destroy the nuclear family. And uh, they use the media as as their main weapon. But let's let's uh, let's watch this. I want to take you back to the 1950s, or at least that's what I thought when I read this Brisbane mum's Facebook post. Brooke Smith shared her routine online. Here's what she said. I always make sure I don't go to bed until everyone's lunches are packed, their clothes are set out for the next day, including my husband's, and the house is clean, dishwasher is on, and a load of washing is on. I always get up early, 4.30, with my husband to make his breakfast no. and coffee um well so they're laughing at her they're laughing at this is just they're laughing at her go brooke (laughs) whatever um i mean i I tell you what though chris i mean a lot of people um online are are saying well done uh, appraising her who who are these people (laughs) has he hypnotized her or something has he hypnotized her yes because what she's doing is what she was programmed by nature to do. What these people don't realize, what these newscasters, yeah, because that's an important job, uh, don't realize is that providing for your family, nurturing them, raising the kids, keeping the house clean, all that, that's a job. That's the most important job you can possibly have. What do you think dudes do everything for? Why do we have jobs we hate? Why do we stay overtime? Why do we go on all those business trips? Why do we do anything? It's for that. It, it It's the stability of the household that is extremely important. And it, it's this balance. To, to think being a mom is about sending your kids to daycare, seeing them a few hours out of the day, not making them dinner, not having dinner as a family, and then wash, rinse, repeat. And then maybe spend a little bit more time over the weekends. And then if when you do spend time, you give them an iPad and you tell them to shut up and you don't play with them and you don't you don't spend time with them. To think that that is a mother or or additionally to all that, you also have a job. So you really rarely see them. What the fuck is the point? What the fuck is the point about of having kids or anything when it's that? There's no point. You don't understand what you were put on here to do. Genes. It's all about the genes. You keep your genes alive. That's what it's about. Who does this stuff? Making his breakfast and then putting his clothes out of a night? Is he disabled or something? Like, seriously. Get a grip. Get off your bum and do stuff yourself. Do stuff yourself. You're, you're, uh, what do you do as a dad? You don't do anything? You don't go to work. You don't make money for the so the house can be like that. You don't. You're not doing anything. These people are bizarre. They're laughing. They're it, think about it like this. They laugh at this. They laugh, and this is somehow news. They're laughing at this, but um, um, drag queen story hour. That's totally normal. Not really bad. Um, they they champion like weird things that just are not aligned with reality and nature. The things that they push nonstop. Everything I've ever spoken about. So, like, if they reported on the Pornhub thing where Pornhub makes a million dollars a day, they'd be like, oh, that's good. That's great. <laughs> they, they, these people have... They're lacking serious... Uh, they, they, don't look, they don't know how to look at anything deeper than what they just see on the surface. Oh, lady, she she provides for her family and she's acting like a wife did in the 50s. She's backwards and she's retarded and crazy and she's brainwashed. The, the husband brainwashed her. My only theory is that she might actually like her husband and she might actually like to get up at 4.30 and spend yeah, time. I, I mean, I like my husband, but make your own bloody breakfast <laughs> and coffee. I mean, you know. 
But the amazing thing, apparently this couple run an MMA fighting gym. Oh, mixed and they, martial arts. Mixed martial arts, and they also breed bulldogs, so they can do whatever they want. I'm not, <laughs> not going to argue. Yeah. Hey, you know what, if it makes her happy, but, I mean, nothing in that list of things there, were, you know. And she's got four children under the age of six. But did you see her photos too? She still had time to like make her hair yeah. look beautiful and put her makeup she's on. Women she looks women. gorgeous. Yeah. I think she looks gorgeous. Yeah, you're making yeah. the rest of us look bad. That's so bizarre. They spend a, a minute and a half dissecting a Facebook post and pretending like that's news. Like, oh, a mom is being a mom? That's news because most people aren't anymore. Um, bizarre. They, <laughs> I, I don't even know what else to say. I don't even know what else to say with regards to that. But, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, what? I was going to talk about Birds of Prey, but I'm going to watch it tomorrow and it's looking like it's not going to make as much money as originally. And I was going to read you some some of the positive reviews I saved, but I'm going to save that for Tuesday and report back after I watch the movie before I kind of tear it to shreds. But the one thing that I saw here that is pretty interesting to me is um, this carnivore diet guy. He goes on the CBS show and the ridicule that he gets in here is completely bizarre. Imagine going on a show and saying like, yeah, I uh I think eating meat and only only eating meat is healthy. We've been doing it for hundreds of thousands of years and then things changed since the agricultural revolution. And now we're fat and unhappy and depressed and maybe it has something to do with sugar and not animal products and maybe it has to do with grain and not animal products. And then the ridicule you get is so weird. This stood out to me because this is how the experts conduct themselves to refute his claims that, again, it's how we evolved. There was no vegetables. Sorry, guys, there was none. We didn't wait around and... um grow things because we didn't figure that out up until 11,000 years ago. Yes, sometimes they would pick things and eat it because they were fucking starving and they didn't have meat, but that that's it. They didn't wait around. We kept on moving. We were we were not only carnivores but nomadic. So, I want to watch this. This is really crazy. And also, look, this is a tactic used by not only the left, but people who don't like a good sign of of not knowing what the fuck you're talking about is when you don't let the person that you're debating speak when you don't let him get a word in that means that your ideas aren't very strong so rather than letting letting him say his point we're going to cut him off continually cut him off until we um make him submit so when that is done that's a te- that's a sign that the that the that the person being the loudest is actually wrong. So what do you know about nutrition? What is where opinion? did you gain your background in nutrition? Listen, this is I think. No, you a- listen to me and answer my question. Now I'm asking you Let's to tell us where your background emanates from. I went to medical school, and he was about to answer the question, and you didn't let him. You cut him off by. By just cutting him off? Because he was literally about to answer your question. And I studied nutrition in medical school, and I studied nutrition independently. One of the crazy things about medical school is that it teaches you how to read articles. I'm a doctor. I know how to read articles. So have you I know done how to any independent testing? Have you written any articles that was as suggested by the physicians who've been here today? What does writing articles have to do with my knowledge? Well, because I- Notice how loud she is. Not only that, but she's a fucking bitch. I could become you. I could be you as an expert because I read all of the data and all of the um, articles on this subject. Now I'm an expert? That doesn't make me an expert. The bottom line fair. is you practice psychiatry. Am I correct? I practice medicine. I you think practice the, psychiatry. I is that correct? Medicine. So what makes you an expert in this? Because an expert in what? An expert in understanding human... Um, 
also, if you look at the panel of people, and clearly this woman is overweight, she sounds it too. Um, and this dude is ripped. I started following this guy on Twitter. This guy's ripped. He's healthy. He looks good. I'm jealous. Um, he's clearly, he clearly knows a little bit more just by appearances. Sorry. Physiology. This is medicine. The scary thought process that is all you need to do is read articles to make you an expert. I want to know what kind of testing you've done, what kind of data you have, what you yourself have found regarding these issues. I'm not sure. Other than what reliance is on other people. I'm not sure I understand your question because that's how You don't want to listen to my question because you know I'm right. No, you're wrong. I'm a board certified physician nutrition specialist. I have been practicing nutrition exclusively. I'm trained as an internist. I have spent 20 years you've been dallying in this for a few look just just listen to how defensive these people are i don't think i would if i was on the other side i don't think i would be so angry like why are they angry what are they trying to prevent from happening it's really weird reading articles i've been doing it working with patients what we're saying is it's all you eat for your whole life ever it's just meat that's not good. I don't have to be a doctor. I'm just like, flat. I'm blown away right now. Um, because you're the loudest, that means you're right. Also, who here seems the most sane to you? The people freaking the fuck out? Or the guy who's pretty calm and cool and collected? Saying, hey, we should eat meat. And mostly meat. I say the guy who says we should eat meat. And that's not because I'm biased and I already, I already do that. This is this is crazy behavior. Um, speaking of that, we only have a couple minutes left. There was um, there was a, something related to this that I saw that said <laughs> someone wrote an article. Uh, end of January, it says how a vegan diet could affect your intelligence. The vegan diet is low in, or in some cases, entirely devoid of several important brain nutrients. Could these shortcomings be affecting vegans' ability to think? Yes, yes. And also, if you uh, flip it, and if you if you're talking about someone who's not a vegan and someone who eat clear, just eats processed food and sugar and junk and grains and all that, and they're obese, they're also dumb. They're also dumb, and this doesn't help us as a society if we continue to ignore this. They're dumb because uh, they don't get any movement in their brain. They're not walking. They're not doing exercise. They're literally not working out their brain what, what whatsoever. So a vegan diet, yeah, it actually can make you dumber. Um, so it says here it's deficient in some of the most critical nutrients for your brain. B12, DHA, carnosine, creatine, heme iron, selenium, folate, choline. Don't know what any of those things are. Maybe, maybe, uh, since I don't know what that, <laughs> any of that is, maybe, maybe the carnivore diet's not working for me and I'm actually really dumb. Um, and then finally, the last thing that I will talk about on Sadcast episode 88 is the fact that this was a headline I saw today. <laughs> Vegans walking cabbages instead of dogs and trend to cure depression. Hey, maybe they're depressed. Why are you walking a cabbage? uh, Psychiatrist allegedly points out mental health benefits of walking with pet, the pet replacement. This is so weird. This is from today. A new trend has reportedly emerged where young vegan adults, instead of walking a pet, such as a cat, who walks a cat, such as a cat or dog, take cabbages for walks on a leash. The new cabbage walking trend has turned a few heads as well as capturing the attention of international outlets. Uh, this seems very oniony to me. The onion? This seems very fake to me. Spanish dog lover website, Lamonina whatever, found the practice rather amusing but signaled, according to psychiatrist Wen Chow, the trend may carry health benefits for those involved. Well, yeah, walking is healthy for your brain. Chow said it's wonderful. It's a wonderful anti-stress therapy given that walking cabbages over dogs is a win-win. What is happening? This can't be real. He continued, the idea is simple. You feel as lonely as 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 lonely and as simple as a cabbage. What? So you begin you being attacked like one to befriend one. This is a joke. 
I'm I'm sorry, but this is a joke. A vegan student said, "It's a way it, it it's a way by which depression and loneliness can be escaped. I feel free. I feel unchained. Going for a walk with the cabbage makes me feel fully recharged." Another student added, "If the cabbage arrives home in good condition, I just wash it off and serve it for dinner." And this is not real. I can't believe this is this is not real. Let me Google this really quickly to see if there's another uh, outlet covering this. This is this has to be someone trolling vegans and then passing it off as news. Holy shit! The New York Times. This is in the New York Times. Oh, this has been going on since 2014. The New York Times reported: Why is this man walking with the cabbage? The New York Times. This is the New York Times. This is a real thing? This can't be real. It's like five people that do it. I don't want to believe that this is the world we live in. The New York Times made a video about it. This is six years ago. A man takes his... Oh, do I have to go to NewYorkTimes.com? I don't want to do that. Let's see if YouTube. Cabbage walking. Why this man walking with his cabbage? Do I have to... YouTube. 55,000? Only 55,000 people watch this video? How? This is the New York Times. Okay. Cabbage as culture. In traditional Chinese folk life, the cabbage had a lot of meaning. Chinese folklife's retarded. First, the word cabbage in the Chinese language sounds like a hundred or the color white. China's retarded. It's an expression that means you earn money without effort or labor. So it's a guy, he's a Chinese guy, he's buying a cabbage in a market. And then he... I've been walking cabbages for more than 10 years. Many people ask me why, but I don't usually answer. Well, because he's retarded. He's put He put cabbage on wheels and he's just walking it. Oh, you know why? Because in China they don't have dogs because they eat them. So he made a cabbage his pet. This is my way to question where our daily life behaviors come from. From ancient times to present, here and abroad, most pe- people have had a rock in their head. It's a very stubborn rock that dictates, dictates what's right and what's wrong. This is what I'm trying to break. Uh, none of that makes sense. Now people are driving fancy cars like BMWs. Oh, so you walk a cabbage for doing that. They live with their cars every day. In some ways, it's the same thing with me and my cabbage. No, the car is a tool. The cabbage is not a tool. But society thinks it's okay to spend every day in their cars. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Han Bing has walked his cabbage through 10 countries over the past decade because he's retarded. His art seeks to... Oh, it's art. I get it now. It's art, which means it's not, and it's bullshit. And other people, I guess, are taking cue and actually doing this, and they're retarded, and that just proves all vegans are retarded, because they're getting—they're not getting the vitamins that they need from animal products. And they're all stupid, and that is Sadcast episode 88, I guess. I—I—I I just have to question everything now. I—I I mean, that whole thing just sounded so fake, and then I googled it, and then no, the New York Times six years ago did a whole thing about this. But whatever, that is Sadcast episode 88. I am Sadwater. Here's a song. I love you. Bye.